0: Welcome to the Sales Prospector Show, supported by Lee, a sales rep and a 5,000 company helping our clients grow sales by securing guaranteed appointments, qualified leads, and guaranteed contracts for their services and products across the U.S. I'm your host, Gil Pagan. You can find us on all social media channels and at leapasalesrep.com. Thank you for listening in. It's going to be a great one today. Oh, that's for sure. It's going to be a great one today. I got Brandon Hilkert with me, CTO of Bark.us. And we're doing this this podcast as a video and obviously the the audio portion. And for those who are not able to watch the actual video portion, uh, Brandon is sitting in a room with guitars in the background, which is like awesome. Uh, my boys, uh, play guitar, acoustic and electric, and they're actually pretty good. Uh, I used to, I used to play, um, not as good as they, uh, mm-hmm. 10 string, quattro. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, we're going to have a great conversation today. I love chatting with, uh, talking to techni- you know, technical people. I just love the technical, uh, and technology and software space and, yeah. uh, Brandon, uh, Hilker, the CTO of bark.us is. I'm going to chat with us and we're going to get to know him a little bit. And Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Looking forward to our chat today. And um, tell us a little bit about how you landed uh, as a CTO and a little bit of your background and how you got to Bark. Uh, That's an interesting name too, uh, US, and um, what you're doing there. And then we'll get into actually what Bark does and uh, how it can impact people's lives. Go ahead, brother.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, Well, I I went to school for mechanical engineering, so I I took a sort of non-traditional path to computers and computer science, um, especially development. Uh, I went through that school and came out, took a job doing engineering design, and just found that it wasn't dynamic enough for me, I think. Um, I was looking for something that was a little more busy. um, And so I left that job and and got an opportunity at a local school district uh, doing support. So it was basically starting at the bottom. And, um, you know, I found that that, that did definitely satisfy the, the interest of just having problem solving, you know, different problems every day. You come in, people have different challenges, questions, things break in different ways. And, and for me, um, I think that's ultimately kind of the mechanical piece of it was satisfying that need of problem solving. But it was, it was through different means. And so, um, you know, slowly got into, I found that I really enjoyed doing the computer piece of it. It, it made sense to me. Um, did support and then kind of server administration type work. I got an opportunity at, at a, a few jobs beyond that to do development. And uh, that was when I think in my head it clicked that I could take this mechanical idea of building things, how things worked, and actually create something that, um, you know, on the web at the time was, was pretty monumental. You know, it was, it was just kind of getting the momentum. Native apps weren't a thing yet. And so it was being able to make a change really fast, have it reflected on the web, and, um, and be ready to go. And, and so that was really powerful to me and just seeing the ability to build something like that that was so dynamic. Wow. So you kind of uh,
0: got into the school kind of environment uh, early on in your in your career. And now you're kind of working for an organization that has a software platform that kind of works with, you know, kids and families. And obviously one of the verticals is schools. Oh, okay. um, it's interesting yeah. that you somehow got back to that. I don't know where you went from schools to somewhere else, a couple of other different jobs, but you kind of got back into uh, the school environment.
1: Yeah, there were definitely different um, companies, manufacturing company, worked for a marketing company. So just saw different different types of, of groups there and how they worked and what was important to them. My mom was a long time teacher and administrator. And so I was pretty familiar with school system. So yeah, it is, it is funny. It, it does feel a bit like home in a way um, when we do work on our school's product, but um yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to do something helpful for them, you know, and their student population.
0: So, uh, absolutely. And, and Bark, uh, for, for our listeners, Bark is a, um, is a software platform that monitors the activity of, of, of children, um, teenagers, uh, and their online activity uh, to protect them uh, from, uh, you know, from self-harm, from bullying, from sexual predators, from depression and sexting kind of attracts emails and their phones and things of that, which is like really cool, and kind of scary too, That you, you guys can track all that kind of stuff, even for, I'm thinking from an adult perspective, uh, yeah. how, how that, that technology can track, but from a, from a family perspective and school and you're trying to track young people, it's a powerful platform uh, to protect, uh, you yeah. know, our kids, which is great, man. Tell us about, about that and, uh, you know, how, I guess, how it beca- became reality and, uh, just a little background from what I know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Brandon, is that company's based out of Atlanta, uh, and um, uh, you're physically sitting in, in Cali, right? Um, that's right. Uh, and But it's out of Atlanta, and I believe that's where it was formed. Um, mm-hmm. Got a little bit about 100 headcount, you know, give or take. There, you went through four rounds of, of funding, um, and now you're at the VC level. And I think the last one was in March of 2020, right mm-hmm. before everything shut down and you guys got, you got that check <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and so that's what I know about it. I don't know, I don't know what the founders are and, and who how they started, but um, uh, talk to us about the
1: company and, and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. It was started um, six years ago uh, by um, my co-founder Brian and I. Um, and the challenge at the time was that if you, if you were worried about what came across, your kids' devices and apps when they got a device. The solutions at the time were to sign up for a service that aggregated the kids' entire social media feed and emailed it to you as a parent at the end of the day. And so what that left was you reading everything, the kid says, whether you get a sandwich for lunch or something more serious. But it also put a burden on the parents to read everything. And you know, as, as a busy person, I'm, I'm sure you are, There's only so much time in the day. And, you know, you probably look at it maybe first, two, three, four times, and then you realize, no, it's not so much, nothing to to worry about here, right? So we see kids send thousands of messages a day. Um, It's nonstop. It's um, through various platforms. It's hard to keep up. And um, certainly uh, problems are a small percentage of the total volume that we see. And so you know you're thinking, well, I'll read. If I read 10,000 messages, how many issues will I see? Single digit, maybe, right? Depending on what your kid gets into. So we felt like at the time, we both have kids, and at the time, there was a better way to do this. Um, And so, kind of stepping back to the problem itself, you know, one solution certainly is to to introduce a a device to your kid and say, good luck, or say, um, you know, hey. we're gonna we're gonna work on how to speak to people over you know there's a whole um, you know it's weird when when you get into like email and that type of thing nobody nobody sends you to like email ethics classes or um, you know as as a business right so you come out and now everybody just grows up with these things right how do you text I don't know people text all different ways right and if you ever see kids texting it's a whole different thing it's a different language um, they spell things differently they. Um, abbreviate things in, in very specific ways. Um, and so uh, this, w- this was apparent to us that there was a problem. And so we we use the analogy of a seatbelt a lot. That's like, you know, you don't give your kid a car and just say, drive off, good luck. You say, well, there's some precautions we use to try to limit the potential harm. Mm. And this, this is how we think about phones too. And that, you know, it's hard. It, kids are getting devices at a very young age, you know, like my daughter has uh, seven and eight year old friends that have phones already. And she's saying, why don't I have a phone? And I suspect that some of this comes from, you know, kids that need phones for some reason, maybe um, mom and dad live in different places or, or what have you, but then there's peer pressure, right? And so-and-so has a phone, I need one, right? And um, there's a lot of pressure to get it younger and younger. And and kids at that age are not, you um, emotionally equipped to deal with all that's out there and so we felt there was an opportunity to um, let the kids do their normal thing text with their friends talk about whatever they want that's you know not an issue detect the things that are issues and we can go over what that might be um, but then also just send those issues to the parents so you know you might go along for weeks at a time and not hear a single thing from Bart. Uh, we might detect one thing so hey look something that might need some some review and just to make sure it's all good if not whatever we have we have settings in the app that lets you tailor the the different things we detect for a different child so if you have a 17 year old you could have different settings for your 10 year old at the same time so you might you know want to set the severity and the things that you care about differently but this allows the kid to have some privacy in their personal life as long as they're not talking about something illegal or inappropriate um, but also save the parents some time and feel like, you know, there's, there's some someone out there helping them, uh, you know, prevent some kind of danger on the internet. You know, one of the, one of the biggest things that, that still eye opening this day to me is that we send, um, a few dozen alerts for imminent self-harm per day. So this is kids that we believe are going to hurt themselves uh, in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, the majority of those that we get feedback on, Uh, The parents say that they had no idea this was going on. This is a total surprise. So imagine, you know, everything's hunky dory in the morning, you leave, you come back, you get an alert, your kid's thinking about ending their life. Where does that come from, right? Like, and how would you know? And these things change just uh, really fast depending on what somebody said to them online, what something happened at school. You know, uh, kids say some pretty mean stuff online because they're not in front of a person, right? They wouldn't, they would. uh, probably not say a lot of these things if they were face to face with someone, but um, it, it causes really dramatic shift in emotional state and kids don't always make the most rational decisions. So a combination of all that, you know, um, we feel like we're doing good work and have genuinely heard from parents that we've saved some kids lives. And it's um, having kids myself, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine a world in which, you know, it's, it's being more grateful for the work I do. No, yeah,
0: it becomes real personal for you. Um, uh, and uh, I I know that that when I was looking at my my cell phone bills for my kids and looking at where they were spending their time or where my money was going, I saw that they were sending on average per month about 15,000 texts each month per son. <laughs> and I had three of them. Uh, so yeah. 45,000 <laughs> texts that go yeah. through. Imagine it's- reading all those, right? <laughs> exactly right and 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 that's the way they communicate they don't even the, the phone call number was like 10 you know and or right. 15 000 texts so they, they chat with each other and and yeah i can imagine having to read that and actually the phone company when i actually asked them the question can you send me the text of what was sent and no we don't track it. we just track the number of texts sent um yeah. oh that's interesting they probably can get it if they really wanted to but you yeah. know they they it's not part of the. Service plan, <laughs> you know, but so the, the platform obviously does a lot of work for the parents who are busy and everybody's doing multiple things, and uh, um, and to, to kind of consolidate that and, and identify flags that you need to be concerned about. Um, and you're absolutely right, communication via email is different than communication via text. Actually, when we get emails uh, to our organization. Sometimes you can tell the person who's writing the email whether they're younger or not because they are, they actually abbreviate in the right. email. It's mm-hmm. like C U, not S E E Y O U. It'll C letter U later, L T R. like, and they kind well, of like physically cannot type out the, the full words, you know? They, 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 they forget to switch off the brain in yeah. an email, not a text. This, this um, work mode, right? That's yeah. exactly right. And this is the professional setting, right? You have to write a, 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 an appropriate email. But so this 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 platform obviously um, uh, tracks all these keywords um, that are trigger points in the system. And my understanding uh, is that you figured out a way in the technology to identify, you know, keywords that are really a threat and weed out the ones that are not. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill my teacher today, right? Because, gave, because they gave me a lot of homework and I already got homework for five classes. That's not gonna be flagged because you're in theory, right? Correct, correct me wrong, Brandon. Right? right? It's not gonna be flagged because your algorithm, your AI, your technology knows in the context, you read the context of the email. You want to, talk, I mean, the con, I'm the older guy here, the email, the context of the text. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that
1: to the audience? Yeah. So at a, at a naive level, you think about keywords, you know, the, the F word, you find it, you flag it, to hey, this might not be appropriate. Um, certainly, you could go down the list and and that's, that's would be the easiest way, right? To say like, kill, hey, shoot, gun, you know, something like that, just big list, you know, snip these out and say, hey, this is what we found. And um, in, in kind of uh, more advanced data science, what you get into is these, you um, you know, these word, uh, multiple word or sentences uh, that come together that have different meaning. And so, as you said, you know, there was a sentence fragment that didn't sound good, coupled with a piece that was maybe semi-joking or contextually not as relevant to actually harming someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the example that I give is like, you know, two friends communicating. They say, uh, "I hate you," and. You know, many a times that's followed up with a smiley face emoji or something like that, you know, and the difference is, you know, if you followed it up with a gun emoji, it might be very different than, than a joke that, that was in the former. And so contextually, those things mean different things and you want to have the computer to be able to understand that. And so that's been one of our biggest challenges, contextually bringing in all that history, the conversation, let's say you send you know, 100 messages back and forth, analyzing them together. So you say, hey, did this trend towards the bad side, was it bad the whole time, was it perfectly acceptable except for this one line, in which case that may have different meaning. And so we take that context and we decide uh, in total, is this an issue that is is worth um, you know, escalating and then sharing with the parent for that particular type of thing. So we analyze things around depression, like you said, self-harm, suicide, uh, bullying, violence, um, drug, sexual content, you know, LISCO has gone quite a while, but we do have, um, in addition to making kind of all the data science work, one of, the, one of the challenges is always getting good data. And we were, you know, six years ago, when you think of data sets and how do you kind of kickstart this whole thing, we wanted, we started with bullying. How do you identify bullying from a computer standpoint through um, natural language processing? Um, typically people would go to these, these data sets that were kind of combined. And a lot at the time it was around sentiment. So you talk about, you know, Amazon reviews and the sentiment of them. Is it positive or negative? Right. And you just say, well, if it's negative, then, you know, we'll put these in this category and this over here. So at a naive level, you could say, well, let's just put the negative sentiment things and service in the parent, but you find the kids are somewhat negative a lot of the time, but it doesn't mean that there's an alarm that needs to be sounded. They might be bummed about something, a test, a sport, a friend. A girlfriend boyfriend whatever um just something going on in their lives it doesn't mean that red alert we need to notify a bunch of people and so um we had to sort of gather these data sets and that's the challenge around it so we have a big team built around data annotation which is you know things come out of the computer and the computer says it's this the, the human comes and confirms it no it's this or yes that was right we take that data in do about ten thousand annotations a night we take that data in and we put it back into the computer and say hey here's your corrected uh, label, uh, for, for that particular, you know, block of text next time, you know, hopefully be more familiar with it. So it's, a, it's a series of loops like that, where you are just constantly refining what the computer knows. And the, the thing we get asked about a lot is, well, how do you keep up with, um, you know, the latest phrases or acronyms or, um, uh, I don't know, words that kids use in general. And, and, and the answer is that like, it's not always just about single words, right. And so if, if you were to think about, a kid using a new word in a context, it's almost always that that single word doesn't carry all the meaning of what they're talking about. Sometimes it does. Like sometimes it can mean something perfectly okay, but they use it in a way that's like negative. But in almost all cases, you see the words and the phrases around it are also fairly uh, representative of the overall theme of that piece of text. So just because the, the parent or the kid said a, a different word, but it was, it was wrapped around all these other things that we have seen before, now, all of a sudden it is lumped into that category of the things that we've seen. And now this new word kind of creeps to the top of like, hey, we're seeing this more. This this could be a signal around self-harm or violence or something like that. And so it's not necessarily about going in and saying, hey, oh, as a human, I've never seen that word before. How does it use? We certainly spend a fair amount of our time on um, looking up, you know, urban dictionary and, and words that, uh, you know, are not as common to just daily use in, in the business world. But um, Often we see you know, trends of, of kids using different language and, and that's how we're able to keep up because it, it is part of that context and it all kind of surfaces out um, through the analysis we've already done.
0: So um, uh, we've been talking more about uh, the consumer side, obviously the parents monitoring their kids' um, online activity with uh, this type of app uh, and it's a paid app. So it is this, I'm assuming it's a subscription model, right? That's a pass right. model, right, um, and uh, a monthly fee for the app, uh, and the app is downloaded to the um, the child's phone. Uh, and I'm assuming, um, can they also be downloaded to, to a laptop or a desktop where they work at? Can It, all, it also works that way?
1: Yeah, sure. There's a variety of – we cover – 30s. Uh, that. okay. Yeah, that's right. So depending on what it is, there's a different approach for each one, and, and we have sort of instructions in there. But yeah, anything from iPads, I, I like yeah, phones, uh, Android phones, Amazon tablets, right. um, Chromebooks, Chrome extensions, anywhere on a computer, you know, and then, and then the variety of uh, social platforms, we have those all set up there. And yeah, it's a it's a SaaS model. It's um, two subscription tiers, one that we call Bark Junior, which is screen time features. Uh, you can think of it as sort of like um, you know, when when I uh, introduce watching videos or something to my child, you know, they have a they don't have a phone, but they they're watching things on the internet. They're consuming content on the internet. Screen it has screen time features around. Yes, you can see these types of categories, but not this type of category, right? So it's around um, certain times of the day, limiting certain access to things generally on the web. Um, and then we have a and that is five dollars a month. You can pay annual too, which gives you a discount. Um, oh, and then we have a bar Premium offering, which is fourteen a month, and that is. Um, Around everything, monitoring of text messages includes the screen time features as well. But uh, monitoring all the platforms we we look at,
0: so so it monitors all social media platforms as well. Let, let's be specific here: Facebook, Instagram, uh, right. TikTok, which is kind of hot right now, yes. um, uh, Snapchat, yeah, Snapchat as well. Um, uh, any other you know kind of apps that are on the phone of the I guess the child. It tracks that. I'm assuming, and now TikTok is really a video platform. So, does the software catch
1: inappropriate TikTok? You know, uh, so there's messages. That's that's one of the things that we see. You know, and almost uh, the large majority of issues that we see come on messaging platforms that are private. And so, you know, I can I can message you on TikTok outside of kind of the video layer thing. And that's where we see a lot of abuse. Um, kids bullying others, sharing inappropriate stuff, name calling or you know, that type of thing goes on. Um, the same can be said for Instagram, Snapchat. And frankly, t- text messages is a, is a private you know, message channel. Um, same thing happens there. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the most common connections we see are typically on the kids side are you know, Gmail. Uh, Gmail, you can chat. Many people, many kids have a Gmail account. Um, YouTube uh, is a big one too um, you know, just consuming content, the, the comments, videos, um, and then in, the Instagram Snapchats, like you mentioned, um, those are the big ones. And then, yeah, the list goes on Slack and, you know, uh, Twitter and, and all the others that you've heard of.
0: Oh, great. Great. And then when we're talking about the, uh, the corporate uses, you know, in the, you know, on the B2B side, um, they say schools and we had the conversation about schools and how they can use it, um, to protect. Um, kids when they are in their environment you know the the four walls of the school building or the library logging in with credentials from the school that kind of thing tell us about how that how the platform works to protect kids in that kind of environment outside of the house and in the school place
1: yeah a couple of years into the life of the company we realized that uh, you know school districts schools private schools any kind of school we're giving out uh, accounts so that they could communicate do their work um, communicate with their teachers, you know. And um, so it's not uncommon now for a kid to, to walk into a school district and get handed credentials for a Google account or a Microsoft account. With that comes email, uh, oftentimes, um, file storage, you know, Google Drive, that type of thing. Um, and they all—they often have chat, you know, so Gmail has chat that you can enable, so does uh, Microsoft with Teams. And so we realized with those accounts, the same abuse is taking place there. We have this sort of, uh, I, I think, we assumed that kids would not use it for that kind of thing. We were very wrong, you know? And so we, we took on some customers and just kind of explored the idea around monitoring that content. It turns yeah. out that kids will use basically any account in front of them and express themselves, you know, however they feel at the time. And so they would use the, the chat channels on the school account to, to, for inappropriate content. We've seen file storage of, of content that you know, would, would not be appropriate anywhere. Um, and we've seen, unfortunately, things like suicide notes be written in Google documents. And um, and so it's kind of all over the map, but in general, you know, we, we try to offer the school district um, monitoring of their students, like you said, um, there's a, you know, uh, basically all the content that comes across the drive, the chat, the email, that type of thing, and then surface alerts to the administration. And so there's a little bit of an additional layer on just routing just you know, when you get a big school district with 30,000 kids and you know, the principal over here and this one's over here so you can assign them different buildings and groups and make sure they just see their own uh students uh content but other than that it's it's the same analysis we do on uh, the, the parent side um and surface it to the administrators and leave them kind of to be um you know to, to deal with it as they go forward um like you said around the um the, the other piece of that is kind of a web filtering side and so many um, many states have, uh have have created laws around the need for schools to have this um, by law. And so uh, Bark is a, a vendor for a, a filter. Um, and so we provide a filter for you know, activity around Chromebooks. You can also do it on the DNS side. So you can uh, basically, you know, if you have visitors in your lobby, you know, they can't stream a bunch of content, but you can do the same thing you could for parents, which is say, you know, I don't want uh, streaming content, you know, Netflix and uh, you know, streaming video to go and eat up the bandwidth of the school or Obviously, the the most obvious one is sexual content. Right, I'm going to block all sexual content websites in the school. There's no there's no good reason anybody would look at that content, so I'm going to block that. So, uh, we provide those services in schools. Um, there's a there's a paid tier. Um, if it comes to that, typically that's um, a lot of customization around routing and emergency call processes and that type of thing that we see larger school districts um, take us up on and need. Um, but that's more of a concierge type service on top of what we already do. The the basic monitoring um, is no different from paid to to free. And so one of the the choices that we made early on was to give uh, what we call Bark for Schools away for free, the basic uh, usage of that away for free, and sort of give back to the community. Um, We realized that usage of of social media and you know online activity is is all over the place and if you protect your personal accounts um, same things can happen for school accounts and, and so you know rather than try to strap schools with you know another $60,000 bill for some other software vendor um, we felt like offering a basic service that was free um, was our way of giving back to the community and helping give kind of Across all the the platforms that a kid might use to give them full protection of, um, you know, both their personal accounts and the school accounts, because obviously when you when you put some controls in place on one place, the kid's going to naturally migrate to where there's none, right? And so if they know that the school accounts not monitored, they'll use that for other things. I mean, we've seen some really interesting um, uses of school accounts, um, uses of Google Documents as sort of a chat platform between students, uh, ad hoc chat platform. We've seen um, large scale grooming operations from people overseas, uh, masquerading as a, as a young kid, uh, preying on 12 year old girls in the school district. Um, it's, it's been all, all types. And then certainly there are, um, unfortunately there are violence threats towards schools you know, that are not uncommon. Um, and, and oftentimes some of the students know about them or they know somebody involved. And so these types of situations that uh, we feel like, you know help prevent sort of harm or, or any potential loss of life, um, there's a value then. So, when, when
0: you, uh, that's great. When you um, were chatting with Brandon Hilkert, CTO of Bark.us, uh, it's a great platform that uh, protects um, kids from a lot of things uh, that we're going through on this podcast. Uh, when, uh, when, you, when you work with a, a school that has, I'll just give you an example uh, for us, a school, you know, multiple location school district obviously will be an enterprise client, right? so when you're working with a school, a school, let's say within a district, let's say a school that has 700 students, high school, let's just say that, 700 students, um, is the, is the platform, uh, does the, does give a license to that school, and then everybody in that school who's a student kind of falls under that license, or is it kind of individualized. well, you're going to put 700 people on the platform, uh, or maybe 500 may use it, 200 may never log on to, you know, the, the school thing, so how do you figure that out from a licensing perspective so I'm just trying to understand that for all listeners and also for me
1: <laughs> yeah for, well since the product is free we sort of don't care um, which right. is one one way around this um, the product the, the features that are paid are done at a typically a per student per year uh, cost um, but for the for the free in general the way um, you know Google and Microsoft works is is you would um, request permissions at that domain level so you would say you know, basically like do I allow BART to monitor emails? Do I allow BART to read the documents in Google Drive? Mm-hmm. You say yes, and then it applies it to everyone. And so any student in that, in that group um, or, or in that domain, rather, um, would fall under that umbrella. And then from there, they have, Google calls them organizational units, Microsoft calls them groups, but regardless, there are, there are um, groups of people and oftentimes schools would say, uh, you know, Springfield High School, Springfield Middle School, Right. And so in the middle right. school, you have all the middle school kids in the high school, whatever. So in Bark, we detect those groups and you can basically toggle those on or off. Do I want monitoring? Yes, no. Yes, no. Right. And turn on all the ones that you want. So you might only want the high schools monitored, in which case you would just turn on those. Uh, and for everyone else, you would you would keep it off. And so that's how you would tailor who's involved. And from there. Yeah. I mean, like to your point, um, you know, there might be 700 kids in high school. We would just we, we basically go through each of the groups and, and there's some APIs from each platform that say, Tell me the tell me about the students in this group. It gives you all the emails. We create a um, you know, kind of a record in our database for each one, and say, okay, they're part of Google, so they have Gmail. They have a Google Drive. Um, we'll look at those connections and, and see, you know, regularly, uh, is there any new content to tell us about? And if so, we'll pull it in, package it up, analyze it, and then potentially um, surface any alerts that we find in that content. So, so um,
0: the kid doesn't have to be in the school. I'm assuming to be protected i'm assuming that if they go to a library or they go home and they log on to their school account gmail you know with the credentials the system still bark still protects them because they're in the school system right that's right yeah okay. a lot
1: of the um, a lot of the behavior is tied to apis on a platform and one of the benefits of that is that you can be on i can be on my computer now it would work i can go to the library like you said log on if i'm logged in facebook on that account we'll still see the content on that account because it was it was done through the joint account that you logged in as, even if you're on a different computer, mom's iPad, like it doesn't really matter. Many Some of them are device specific, um, like Android. You, you often probably can't concoct an Android text messages from some random computer. Um, there, there are programs to do it, but like we, we don't see that as the typical usage. So anyway, uh, where we can, we get it at the API level, which means that it's device independent. Um, so from the school account, yeah, it would apply to any, any computer they log on to with that account.
0: So if we, and again, uh, I'm, this is fascinating for me. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the loophole the kids will, will think of, think, think of, uh, so I'm going to go to my friend's house and I'm going to log onto my Instagram account from a computer, not, not, and I'm not going to do it from my phone. I'm not, I got my email. I got my, my, my password. I log onto yeah. Instagram. Uh, will I still be protected? through the Instagram account on a different unit, even though I'm in a totally different place. You will. Yep. Okay, great. Okay. That that's excellent. I don't yeah. know how that I don't know how that works, <laughs> but you know, I'm thinking of device, I'm in a different place. It's not on my computer. I'm not on my my mobile. So it's attached somewhere to that account on the back end somewhere with some kind of,
1: you know, code, API, something that's tracking yeah. this, right? Yeah. I mean, the all those platforms are they all have their kind of like subtleties and, and how they're different. But yeah. for the most part, you can go to a platform and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, this email address has given me permission to monitor this thing. I see that, give me the messages for the last two hours. you yeah. get that, right? And do that a couple times a day. And so whether those messages were generated on your phone, the iPad, the Chromebook, the library, friend's house, they all kind of shovel into the same um, into the same central place. And so when I go saying, hey, give me the last couple of messages for um, this particular user, it, they'll be in there right and that's the benefit of doing that through the kind of the level. well this is that's fantastic to track the kids wherever
0: they are based on whatever account you know they're using obviously they're using that same instagram account as an example yep. same snapchat account um so that's being tracked uh wherever they go which is which is which is fantastic
1: yeah and i should say that this is this is less about like tracking kids and more about like um, surfacing danger, right? Like we don't sell data. You know, that, that's a common question we get asked. And I, I'd, I'd like to just make sure that's clear because we're not in the business to sell data, which is why we charge parents like that. That's where we make our money. It's also why we offer the school's product for free because we're able to uh, pay for it through our parent subscriptions. And so, you know, advertising, selling data is never, never something we're going to do, which is, which is present in our privacy policy. But um, it's one of those things that's you know, you're dealing with private information and we're, we're conscious of that. Um, we take it seriously. And so, yeah, just uh, the, the same caveat that goes along with, you know, any no, other that, product. No, that's great. Uh, so going
0: forward with, um, with Bark and the future, I guess, we can project it. Uh, you got the families with a with the consumer, the B2C side, right, parents? You got the B2B side, enterprise, schools. Any other vertical beside the school systems are potential target markets for the platform? Uh, in general?
1: At the moment, we're, we're double down on those two. You know, I would say even more so on the consumer side. It's just um, uh, when Huge you think market. about, Huge yeah, market. when you think about, yeah, the total size of the market, it's big. And, and you know, being a company six years, we have we've been, even been gotten to a small percentage of it. And so schools is a, is a great partner. You know, naturally, kids are in school. And so, you know, our goal is not to um, kind of take advantage of everyone it's it's try to spread the word and help kids you know we, we give schools a 20 percent off of BART for their parents even if they don't want to use our school's product it's um just to try to get parents where they're at and we know many of them are at schools um so at the moment yeah we're, we're focused on schools and, and parents I suspect there's a world in which um it will be more international in the future uh, on the same level but but yeah no no other big markets
0: Okay, that's great. I want to know if I if I missed anything, and but I, clearly, there's a lot of work to be done there in the school systems alone, and the, the B to C side is just huge. There's uh, yeah. Just that a lot of work there for you guys to do, I'm sure, for the next you know few years. Uh, right. So we're gonna get into the lightning round questions right now, kind of to wrap this up. Uh, more about you. Talk to us about those guitars that are hanging in the background there, uh, real quick. Are you do you play really good? Are you uh, are you formally trained, self-taught YouTuber? you know, what, what, are
1: you, talk to us about? uh, I am, I like to believe that I'm okay. Um, I started playing drums when I was, uh, 14. And, um, it so happened that, um, when we would have band practice, everybody would leave their gear in my basement because it was the, the drummer can, you know, it, it's annoying to have to carry drums everywhere. And so there were guitars in my house. And so I would pick them up and tinker around. And, uh, throughout the years, I've just found that, um, guitar was, uh, something that resonated with me more. And so I kept playing. And so, yeah, not, I think I might've taken, um, four or five lessons in my life. Um, uh, but otherwise, yeah, just giving it a shot and trying some things. What you got hanging there. You got a Les Paul or you got a Gibson one. I can't see it. That it's too. Um, yeah, the back one's a Taylor, uh, the one on the right's a Gibson J 45. And then the, the bass here is, a uh, um, Fender, uh, American.
0: I, what I saw the Gibson kind of been shape over there somewhere. Yep. Um, No, that's great. So, um, Coffee, hot or cold? Do you even drink coffee? None. No coffee. Tea? Nothing in the morning. No. Water. Water. Your favorite food?
1: Uh, price to be burritos. Wow. Okay. Hot dogs?
0: Definitely. Mustard or ketchup? Both. Okay. I mean, separately, (laughs) (laughs) or mustard and ketchup together. All of it.
1: All of it together. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, pizza? Definitely. Uh, PC or Mac? Um, all Mac. All right. Oh, that's iPhone, everything, right? Watch, you gotta you got iWatch I got I got I'm old school. I do. Yep. I'm yep. old
1: school, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took me a bit to get into it, honestly. Um, I've had it since Christmas because my alarm clock died. My wife didn't like that I was bothering her when the alarm went off now. So uh how how to wake up without knowing other people, I guess is the theme of it. <laughs>
0: Um, so if you had, and this is a little bit of a, of a more um, philosophical, deep thought question. Um, if you had one superpower um, that you could have, what would that be? It doesn't have to be business related. It could be personal. Um, a superpower that you could use, what would that be? Ooh, take a second. It's okay. We got time. <laughs>
1: I think i'd probably do more work with kids um just seeing the effect we can have and then have my own obviously I, I i don't know what it would be you know i'd i'd probably try to find some venn diagram of of my skills um we have a lot of volunteers at our, our school district which is nice um and i see the extra um, benefit that kids get just from additional art programs or music or uh, computer and tech and that kind of thing um i'd probably spend a bunch of time doing that as my kids were going through school.
0: Wow, love it! Final question: If you can go anywhere uh, in the world, in time
1: and money, not an issue, where would you go? You know, I, I uh, my family and I moved to where we are here in Southern California uh, three years ago, and um, that was a, that was um, kind of an exercise in where do we want to be, just in general it wasn't business related. Um, and we chose where we're living now, uh, for that exact reason, this is where we wanted to be. And, um, I, I wake up every day feeling like I'm on vacation, like not joking at all. Um, I, I have a job that I love in a place where I love. And so I don't have a lot of, uh, urges to go anywhere i'm actually very content here but i will say that i'm a beach person and so hawaii or uh, like a remote island in the pacific somewhere that's very uh, isolated and um uh, pretty uh, nice water nice weather would would do it for me i'd I'd take anything like that good for you good for you we're chatting uh with
0: brandon hilker the cto of bark.us listen this was a great conversation uh you know i enjoyed chatting with you Listen, you guys are doing great work there, You're clearly protecting children uh, in many different ways and obviously by extension, blessing their families by the software that you guys have. That's great work that you're doing. Um, you know, congratulations on the growth and may this year be a breakout year for you guys and that you may continue to grow across school systems across the U.S. Uh, and have more families sign on so that they can be protected and their kids can be protected, um, given how the fast growth of these social platforms and whatever new platform are going to come out soon, whoever is going to make that one and protect them as well. You guys are doing fantastic work. Um, thanks for being on the show, uh, and I enjoyed the conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, you're welcome. Talk soon, buddy. All right, take care.